0: want to welcome you to Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. I'm going to toss it over to our hosts, Micah and Josiah Keneally.
1: What's up, guys? We hope you're feeling alive right now. I'm Josiah Keneally.
0: And I'm Micah Keneally.
1: And we're your hosts. This is the Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching the next generation in Mm -hmm. our world today. And we're joined by Molly DeFrank. Molly, how are you?
2: I'm great. So good to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh,
1: you bet. Welcome to the show. And you guys know the drill that we launch new episodes every Monday morning. We want to help you start your week mm-hmm. and your season out strong. And um, so thanks for subscribing, rating, reviewing, right. listening, and sharing this conversation today. This episode is for you. If you are ever feeling overwhelmed, inundated, addicted or anxious to your screen, to your mobile device, to technology, Uh, maybe you're in a house where you've got littles and the struggle's real sometimes. And so we're going to (laughs) dive into a conversation with Molly DeFrank. She's the author of Digital Detox, the two-week tech reset for kids, and I would add for parents, for pastors, for leaders, for adults. Uh, Molly is the mother of six in Fresno, California she and her husband made the decision to detox their screen addicted Mm. kids and their family and the difference that it made for her and her family was incredible. We're going to hear all about her story, but check this out. Don't miss this. When the detox was over, her kids actually thanked her. So if that doesn't intrigue you as the (laughs) listener today, we're going to have some fun and some just good needed conversation to talk about technology, um, maybe some of the benefits, but the drawbacks, the pitfalls as well. And so Molly, if you would, can you take us to the place where you share some of maybe your story, your journey of life and leadership and uh, stumbling across this idea of a digital detox?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I'm born and raised in Southern California, and then I went up to college in Northern California where I met my husband, and we married like approximately 30 seconds after graduating. Um, And then I worked in Sacramento. We lived up there while my husband was in law school, and um, I worked for Governor Schwarzenegger for a little while, and then um, a couple years later down the road, yeah, (laughs) I love it, (laughs) (laughs) You're missing Josiah flexing. If you're listening, this is not like <laughs> Totally, um, but yeah, that was a great experience. And then after working for several years um, quit my full-time job after being a working mom and stayed home to raise kids. And I was just telling Micah actually that having two kids under two was the hardest time of my life. And we have six now. So if you're listening and if you're a parent, and you've got littles, and you're struggling. The struggle is so real, and it, it won't be like this forever. I promise. But um, yeah. So we moved back down to Fresno, and um, we're active in our local church. We love our church, um, and we just kept having kids. So we have four biological kids. We knew we wanted to be play a part in orphan care. Um thing that God calls us to. And we didn't know what that looked like, but after kind of knocking on doors and figuring it out, we became foster parents about four years ago. So we've had a lot of kids come in and out of our home. We have two kids with us right now, um, permanently through foster care and we've had a lot more. So that's us in a nutshell. We're very busy, but really rich and and full of life and blessing and all the things.
0: Well, I absolutely love that. And just, just the journey that God has you on and just encouraging those along the way. And I just want you to lean into this. Cause we have a lot of young adults listening. Maybe they're not yet parents, or maybe there are a lot of parents listening that would want to just lean into like, okay, I understand the detox for the child's important, but let's ask the question right off the bat. What would you say to the parent who is digitally distracted in this day and age? That's honestly potentially preventing them from being a present parent to raise children in a digitally toxified world, essentially.
2: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. That is so huge. Um, I was listening to a podcast recently and this this sentence stuck with me um, about parenting and it was non-responsiveness is corrosive. And it just is like playing on loop in my brain. And, you know, if you're living in this day and age, you've got a device, you distraction, we're all prone to distraction, right? Um, and that can really harm our kids. And, you know, this, mm-hmm. this, um, this time we have with our kids, that two of my favorite parenting authors have a, they say that the most influential time we have in our kids' lives are the ages of four to 14. It's this 10 year window when our kids still think we're really cool. And, you know, they're looking at us how do you, you know, how do you think, what do you think about this mom and dad? Like they're deciding what to think about the world based on what you think about the world, mm-hmm. but today, and that's how it's kind of been historically, but today we are so quick to relinquish that influence, that powerful role, that God-given role that we have. We're so quick to hand that over to uh, whoever is, you know, the, YouTuber du jour or whatever influencer our kid is looking at. And so, um, this is what is forming our kids hearts and minds and to go to the older kids, maybe the young adults that you're talking about. Um, we know, and I wrote the last chapter in the book is about, this is about grownups, um, detoxing themselves. And so I did this, me and a couple of friends, we got together and we said, we're going to detox ourselves because, you know, we want to live this out. Um, this thing that we're doing with our kids, we want to live this out too, in our own lives. So, um, but what we found is that we had to really modify it because technology is such a integrated part of our lives. We, you know, if you're working, you can't put your fo- you can't not check your email for two weeks. You get fired, you know. And right. I talk to my kids' teachers. I do banking and grocery shopping and all these things online. So we modified it and made it work for us. So I kind of gave up social media. Um, I say kind of because that's how I reach parents. That's how I connect with parents yeah. to help them. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, I'll post content and I'll spend, you know. 5 or 10 minutes a day responding and then that's it. So um I love helping families, parents, um even young adults do this too. Uh, I I've, I've actually talked to a lot of photographers who say that Instagram is a struggle for them because mm. that's how they market. That's their business. That's how they, you know, share and, and earn an income and so they're like I don't want to be on it so much. Um but The beautiful thing about the detox is it's not about eliminating all technology forever. Um, I've yet to come across anyone who wants help with this, who wants to just completely go off the grid. People want some technology. It's just, it's become too much. What it's about is it's about taking a break and then taking the time to put technology back in its right place in our lives. And that's going to look a little different for everyone, but as another author put it, the best relationship with technology begins with none at all. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and most, most of us find that, you know, we want some, but there's too much and tweaking those minutes every day. It's just, it's not really working, you know, trying to monitor it as we go. It doesn't work. So that's why I recommend this like cold turkey break.
1: That's so good. It's it's so real. Like there's definite um, perks of technology. We're having this conversation mm-hmm. right now via Zoom. <laughs> we're able to have a podcast that connects with a national and and international or global audience. So there's definite benefits. You can find information, you can have transforms, you know, lives in that regard. And yet um, there is this component that too much of it, it it can be really toxic to the soul. And so, I mean, in, in our own journey and I've Mm -hmm. shared this in other episodes where I would just say that a few of the things that I found is at different times, I've charged my phone in our bedroom mm-hmm. and then I wake up and the first thing, check social or check email or check text. And I feel then behind the rest of the day mm-hmm. and just a few simple fixes of charging our phone in like the kitchen
0: and not using it as a, you know, alarm, alarm clock. clock. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, that was a big move for me and I feel more alive. I feel healthier, more alert, more awake, less anxious, less stressed. Um, as a parent, I feel more present as a spouse Mm -hmm. and then work starts and I can use it throughout the day. But one of our, our things that we just like to say is we want to create more content than we're consuming. Mm -hmm. And you can probably relate with that as Mm -hmm. well, but I just follow up like for us as leaders, um, and, and as parents, possibly or future parents, what is really at stake in the development of children, teens, adolescents, or young adults? Like, especially when it I'm comes sure. to maybe it's chemically, maybe it's digitally. Like, what's at stake, Molly?
2: Yeah, that's a really important question. And you know what we can see? We have this vantage point right now because we can look back and see what happened. In 2007, the iPhone came out and within a couple of years, more than half the population, I think it was like around 2009, 2010, more than half the population had a smartphone in their hands. And in 2011, the iPad came out and these devices have flooded our homes and the marketplace. And they were really marketed to us like, oh, this this great tool for advancement, give one to your kids, they'll be rocket scientists. And we collectively bought into this marketing, like, oh, I need this so that my kids will, um, you know, be really smart and become really advanced. And meanwhile, what we didn't appreciate at the time, what I didn't appreciate at the time, I was the first in line to get these tablets for my kids too, but we didn't appreciate is that the people developing this technology, those Silicon Valley geniuses, are some of the strictest parents when it comes yes. to screen time. It's so they're marketing. Yeah, it's wild. So you know, I think the Snapchat co-founder only allows his daughter an hour a week of digital consumption, and it's because they know what it does. It's mm-hmm. if it's not good for their kids, why do we think it's good for ours? Number one, and they were keen to this early on because they created the technology. But when we look back, and there are a lot of people who have who've studied this um, across from every other, every discipline, you've got neurologists, you've got, um, there's this MIT professor who I love reading all of her stuff, Sherry Turkle. Um, You've got people in ministry studying this and across disciplines, they're looking at this thing going, what has happened? What have we done? Here's Mm -hmm. how this is impacting people negatively from my vantage point. And what you're seeing is you've got kids raised on devices and they're going out into the workforce and they're struggling with basic things like back and forth conversation and eye contacts and anxiety levels through the roof, yeah. um, delaying gratification, all these things, sleep struggles, um, all of these things. It's like, there's been this experiment on a generation of kids and who are now young adults. And we're looking back. And if you're a parent right now, you're looking back, even if you're a young adult and you're like, yeah, I probably spent too much time on there. Um, and so we're kind of scratching our heads, like, well, now what do we do? And I just want to encourage people that you can totally reset and start over. You can okay. absolutely mm-hmm. do this. Um, I recommend you grab an accountability partner or two, do it together. I'm actually running a, a two week detox challenge right now, ironically on Facebook, mm-hmm. but that's a great example of putting technology in its right place. Okay. Um we want to use it just like you guys said. We, in our home, we like to use technology to connect with each other. We love a good family movie. We watch Lord of the Rings every Christmas as a family. Yes. We love it. <laughs> um, to, to create or to connect with each other. But when it comes to isolating and consuming, we kind of took that away. And these are the things that we came to realize through the course of our detox. You know, um, it's when you take it all away and start fresh, then you can reassess and sort it out and then put it back.
0: Absolutely. love it. I'm just thinking of all the young adults that we've worked with, or the friends I've had throughout the last, you know, 10, 15 years, just like the phantom vibrations, like your phone's not even in your pocket, but you feel like your pocket or your purse is going off, you know? And we did this whole thing. So it was a group of like eight or 10 of us girls that would get together from Bible study. And we put all of our phones in the middle of the table and I was like, okay, whoever's phone goes off first and you grab it and respond, you're paying for everybody. So that really (laughs) caused everybody to like, put their phones away. Like like you said, eyeball to eyeball. We're here around in a circle to do life. And if you're on your phone, to me, I'm like, you're already disconnected. Like, are you even here? Like, if you want to take that elsewhere, please do so. But We've taken the time to gather, to set our calendars and sync together. So let's just appreciate each other. And we work with so many young adults throughout the years that are 18 to 25, 18 to 30, you know, and they're still wrestling with like, I live with mom and dad, but I'm a gamer and I stay in my basement. I do online courses because I have anxiety and I can't get through traffic to get to school, to get through the door, to to do what God's called me to do. So I'm going to sit in a state of analysis paralysis, but still consume so much in information that i can't even sift through um, truth what's the word of god um, dreams passions god-given talents and abilities versus feeling like a nobody at the end of every day because i've numbed myself to to so many different things and i say this to say because we did a little study in our group uh there's like 20 of us and i was like okay we're going to do something. And they didn't know it was going to happen. It was so unannounced. And we went, uh, the theme was back to the basics. What does it mean to get back to the basics of the word of God, to, to pray, to hear his voice, to, to read and be present and still, um, to hear it, his voice, you know, and I was like, okay, everybody, can you guys just please pull out your phones, go to the settings and find out how many hours you've consumed just this past day. We had 20 young adults and we added up all the hours within 24 hours of them on their phones, 336 hours came through. That's two weeks, two weeks of watching and consuming. That's about 20 to 25 students were in the room and they're like, what am I doing with my life? Yeah. So going back down to the basics everything stripped away from phone to technology and every satellite were to fall out of the sky what in the world we do as society, right? I think we'd be like Henny Penny. Skies (laughs) fall. But I I share that story to say, like realizing how engaged they truly are on social media and engaged doesn't always mean that they're in, any form of relationship, right? They're not in real relationships. They just have all these likes. And so we see it on a side of like young adults and where the generation is overwhelmed. They're inundated with ads and info and they're addicted as well as anxious. Like everything makes them anxious, right? So how, how are technology and anxiety from what you've seen in research, how are they interconnected? And what are the repercussions that we are seeing currently, but maybe out of COVID, we're gonna see a whole new wave of something.
2: You are spot on also to mention COVID. Um, There was actually a couple of recent articles in the Wall Street Journal um, about this exact thing. So ER visits for 12 to 17 year old girls doubled over the course of the pandemic Mm. for, um, uh, so eating disorders, eating disorder visits doubled there's another thing. I don't know if you guys have heard about this. It's called like, um, there are these ticks that girls are developing that looks like Tourette syndrome, but it's not Tourette syndrome. Um, and it's actually, they've researched it and it's actually the underlying causes mental health and TikTok video exposure, which is the same cause for all those increase in um, eating disorder visits. So the, the tick visit ER or the tick ER visits have tripled and doctors are looking at this and the Wall Street Journal wrote about, they're like, this is due to mental health problems and too much TikTok. Like this is what is causing this. So it is huge. And coming out of COVID, um, screen time for kids doubled recreational screen use. Wow. And once everyone went back in person learning, it didn't even go back down. So that, there's so much media multitasking. And when you think about it, it's like we are constantly toggling in our brains. We we're not doing that like deep thinking. Um, we're not sorting out these thoughts. We're not processing the way that human beings were designed to process. Mm -hmm. We're taking on all of the world's ills without the capacity to sort them all out or fix Mm -hmm. them. And so no wonder people are anxious. Um, and you know, if you're listening and you're struggling with that, I just want to encourage you that you are a normal human person and you are responding to a stimulus to addictive technology that these engineers bake addiction points into their Mm -hmm. apps, into their games. So you're not like, you're not particularly weak. You're just a human person and Mm -hmm. you're the chemistry in your brain is designed. So our brains are designed. They release dopamine when we experience something pleasurable. So you go for a walk, you smell a rose. It's, Oh, dopamine is released. Take a delicious bite of cake, whatever. Okay. Well, the dopamine release points that are baked into our devices, they're releasing so much dopamine because these people are real smart. That It's numbing out dopamine receptors in the brain. So now this is why real life can feel kind of boring because by comparison, you know, real life can't compete with that level of dopamine. So if you're feeling kind of bummed out all the time, there's science behind that. It's not necessarily your fault. You're just normal human person. Um, So there's no shame in this. And I just want to encourage you, there's absolutely a way to fix it. And it just starts with a timeout, a little break, a detox. And, you know, that's not new. That's as old as Moses taking a Sabbath rest from something, you know, Um, when you apply this, and this is a common grace from God, you apply this to our technology use. What you really find is so much refreshment and rest. Um, like you said, the, the number of hours that people are spending and, and the phones out, um, even just the phone, the presence of a phone on a table actually um, inhibits conversation. They've studied this. And if, you, if your phone is out or if someone's holding a phone, you don't get to that next level of conversation with people. Um, and, and these are the basic building blocks to, to humanity, you know, eye contact and connection. We're wired for relationship. And instead of pursuing that relationship, which is restorative to us, um, we're numbing out on our devices. So, so there's absolutely a way to kind of flip that around. And I love helping people through it.
1: Molly, your work mm-hmm. is timely and it's, um, it's hit our family, our story with connecting paths with you is we came across your book and the publisher sent it to us. Mm -hmm. And I knew it was going to be good. So we booked the interview and then Micah picked it up. And our listeners know that like, if she gets passionate about a book before (laughs) I do, or if she reads it first, like it's going to be, it's going to be great. And um, she read it. And and like, I'm pretty sure day one of like getting the book, she read enough chapters Mm -hmm. to go like, yeah. We're going cold Turkey and we have a two-year-old daughter and yeah. then a nine-month-old daughter. And I would say part of my life story is I grew up in a home where like we maybe had 20, 30 minutes of TV time a day, maybe. And it was it, like, I didn't thank my mom for it. And <laughs> now I am like, I'm going back and thanking my mom. And, um, uh, <laughs> but I, I look at like maybe smartphone usage is more of, um, Uh, advice for me because it it connects with so many different people or there's like you said the Mm -hmm. dopamine but for our daughter we would allow like some tv and we had some i would say pretty strict or rigid limits Mm -hmm. but we just like hey and she our story and you Mm -hmm. could speak to this Mm -hmm. more micah but she has not in a month asked for any tv right and so we haven't gone back to it and we're we're just like having those conversations now is a married couple and mm-hmm. as a family, like what is a healthy relationship with technology? Right. Would you share anything else about that?
0: Well, I just think that we were just experiencing some outbursts. Like I, I would hear her crying in her room at night and she was like sleep. She's like dreaming. She's like Minnie, Minnie. I'm like, okay, you were watching way too much Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Yeah. If you're dreaming about Mickey and Minnie and me shutting it off in your dream. Because every time we were shut off the TV, it was like, you wrote in the book, like there were those meltdown moments when it was just like, ah! and I'm just like okay this is not okay and if we don't like nip this in the butt right now I don't want to know who you are or what you're going to turn into when you're 13 like this behavior because you write in the book Molly about like what are what are we seeing in this day and age we're seeing people their their outbursts um not line up with their ages I know that you wrote about that like throwing tantrums, you're 12 years old, and you're throwing a tantrum, like a three-year-old, you know? So like all these different things, they can't maintain and um, comprehend and express their emotions, use yeah. words for their, yeah. their feelings. And so that just really stood out to me. And I was like, okay, Lord, like, what do we need in this house? And it's winter, right? It's a like winter in Minnesota for like, it feels like nine months out of the year. So you feel like, how can we get creative and not, you know, put our family in not COVID situations, but constantly be sick if we're going to be out in public yeah. anywhere. So just getting creative around the house and seeing her creativity increase as time has gone on has been super fun. So she hasn't asked for it. We haven't like withheld it, but it's more or less like, you know what? We're doing fine without it. You're you're eating better. You're sleeping better. You're engaging with your younger sister now. Your vocabulary is increasing. Your want your desire to go outside. Your creativity through play is just changing. And that could be a developmental stage, but also some removing of the screen, I think, has also helped. But that's what I would just say. I don't know if that is what you're looking for. Exactly.
1: But. And Molly, I'd just like to ask you about your discovery as maybe a married couple with your husband or, you know, six kids as a family, what change have you noticed in your marriage with your kids in your family after doing a digital detox? Can you, would you be open to sharing? some of that.
2: Absolutely. Cool. Yeah, for sure. First of all, I just want to commend you guys. It's so amazing that you're on the ball so early. I, my only regret about our detox is that I didn't do it sooner. Wow. Um, you are totally in the trenches with a two-year-old and nine month old. And I really heavily relied on tech use for my kids when they were those ages. And, um, I just think it's awesome. I, I do see, I feel like the tide is turning. I think Younger parents are starting to see that they don't want to repeat what the last generation did, you know, Mm -hmm. so I think that's so encouraging, Um, especially for believers, because we have something, you know, that relationship aspect Mm -hmm. that we know is the key to everything, Um, which I guess goes to answer your question, um, Josiah, which is that the biggest thing we noticed is we had never experienced so many great connective moments as a family as we did post detox. And I do do not want to pretend that everything is all perfect. We still parent normal human children (laughs) and we are normal human adults. And so of course the homes, there is, you know, sibling conflict and all kinds of crazy things, but it's like, we removed this filter of like that next level. Um, like, (laughs) sibling fighting and, you know, those tantrums you were talking about. Now we can break through to the heart Mm -hmm. because the kids aren't being numbed out. And Mm -hmm. the biggest, one of the biggest things for us too, my husband had pointed this out. Um, we assumed that the impact technology was having on our kids' moods and attitudes was kind of relegated to that just post screen time or just during screen time. But no, what we found when we took it all away is that, it had been having an effect over the entire day. Yeah, totally. And it goes back to, I didn't know this at the time, but it goes back to those, that dopamine thing. And especially if you, you know, if you're parenting kids from trauma backgrounds, th- these are kids who were exposed to such high amounts of cortisol in the brain, that stress hormone. Wow. And now when they're, when they're playing interactive, you know, video games or, um, tapping on those devices, they're, kicked up into fight or flight mode again. And so now their wow. brains are being with cortisol again. And it's like, no wonder why they're ornery. It's not really their fault. There's something chemically happening in their brain. And as parents and as grownups, we can kind of understand that a little better. So um, yeah, it's really powerful. The effect that just taking a break can have.
0: That's so good. And Molly, I just want to say, I absolutely love your writing. You write in a way that's just very easy for me to read. And I'm not the fastest reader, so I'm reading. I'm like, this is so good. This is so good. And I remember getting to one of the pages and it was bottom, I think it was a bottom right. And you're like, when parents hand over the phone, essentially to sedate their children. And I think that was just such strong verbiage to realize and recognize Oh, my kids throwing a tantrum. Let me put a screen in front of them. But the screen is what's causing the problem, potentially. So it's playing. It's a factor in the behavior and the outbursts or just the disconnect between mom and and daughter or mom and dad, or just seeing those different elements. And I don't know, I just really appreciate your writing. I'm just like, she is so good. I'm like, this is makes it fun to learn about something that can easily take over any household and us as believers not being able to recognize, well, we're just, we're just going to keep functioning like this. No, like we all have an opportunity to harness some form of the dysfunction in our home and if this is one of the cornerstones of that let's see if that truly is and if so let's see how god's going to breathe into this story of let's see the you know the decrease of sibling rivalry or the frustration amongst each other let's pray in the presence of god and i just think that's so fun for the listener like if you're a pastor listening we know you're not perfect we know your family's not perfect We know you're human. If you're a leader of a church and you're volunteering, like just know, like Molly said, like you are human and these are things, but we can all take everything to God, Lord digitally detox my life. And then sometimes it has to go deeper than just the digital, you know, like other levels and other layers of the onion in our hearts. <laughs> well,
1: and I just want to jump in and add that I feel and sense of 0% shame coming from you in the book right. and coming from you in this conversation, like instead, I feel like you've kind of given a manifesto and a strategy that's yeah. here to help for the struggle.
0: That's good.
2: Yeah. I'm so grateful that you feel that because this is definitely coming from a shame free zone and full of humility you know i i can't even tell you how many times i handed over the device to my kids so i could finish the conversation mm-hmm. or you know flipped on the tv so i could have another minute but all the while and we know this we have that sinking feeling it's like oh i'm going to pay for this later with the meltdown or, you know, you're kind of developing this dependency cycle for our kids, but there's totally a way out of it. So there's, there's not such a thing as too far down the rabbit hole. It's, you know, you can come back out on the other side of this thing. And I know because I've gone all the way down and I've come back out and, um, yeah, I've just seen my kids flourish. And I think one thing that holds people back is, They think, gosh, I'm going to just, you know, if you're older, I'm going to be so bored. What am I going to do with my time? Or if you're a parent of younger kids, you're like, what are my kids going to do? That's most of their time. That's their favorite hobby. Um, But the beauty is that when you reset those dopamine levels, now you're giving yourself, you're giving your kids a chance to reawaken interest in the non-screen stuff in this, in the building blocks of life that have always been there. I mean, a lot of, most of this technology is pretty new. And so what are the things that people have done historically? You know, there people have existed and enjoyed each other and enjoyed meals. And the beautiful thing is that the best The richest parts of our days and lives are in the simplest things, you know, take a walk with your kids. I was just talking to someone. I'm like, you take a walk, you go back to Deuteronomy six and you see that God gives parents so much latitude in parenting. He doesn't tell everyone thou shalt homeschool. Like there's none of that. He's not, you know, we, we are wired differently. Our kids are wired differently. Gives us so much latitude, but where he is clear, we want to hold on to that. And he says, you know, love the Lord, your God with all your heart and talk about me, to your kids teach your kids about me, talk to talk to them about me all the time when you're going down the road, when you're lying down, when you're getting up, and you look now at our culture, and we're like, gosh, all of those little in-between moments are filled. Either if the kids aren't on a device, mom and dad are. And so when you take this break, um, or even setting the tone early, like you guys are, it's it is absolutely transformative, and I've seen it, especially in older kids. We've had some older teens that we've fostered and that is the issue. It's this connection, this device connection. It's like an appendage for them. And in the state of California, you cannot take away a kid's phone. That's like a foster child's phone. Um, right. That is yeah. their connection. They're allowed to have that whatever you want. So it gets a little, which, you know, with older kids, that's okay. Because I recommend parents, if you're doing this detox with teenagers, you don't want to come in authoritatively. You want to come in like a beckoning. You ask them questions. You're, you're getting mm-hmm. some skin in the game. You're going to have some humility, Um, but it's a whole culture that you're trying to create in your home where relationship is number one and you're showing your kids that they are fully known and fully loved just as they are, you know, on their worst days, on their best days, um, whether they've got all the acne going on and their hair is greasy, like you love them all the way, which is the exact opposite thing they're getting online in this cutthroat culture of comparison and, all the stuff they're getting on where they have to force, they have, they're forced to like projecting an image of themselves and who they are. And then they're obsessively checking for likes. Whereas at home, it's like, come in your PJs and let's talk about your bad day. And I love you. So you made that mistake, man, I've been there. I love you so much. My love doesn't change for you. you know. And we get to reflect that the way that our good father loves us. We get to reflect that to our kids. And it is so powerful because these teens and these even young adults, all these kids, I mean, we're wired for that relationship Um, and to be able to give that to kids and to everyone in a world that is craving it and is being deprived of that. it's, It's really powerful.
0: I think that's so good. It's discovering who you are and who your family is and who you want them to be. I mean, you're who your hopes are that they become and prayerfully doing that. We work with some pastors and one of our friends had said, he goes, there's a lot of image management. So managing your personal image in such a way that that is taxing and exhausting It's not exhilarating in any form for these young adults to be like, I'm going to take 40 photos, get one that I want, still put the filter on. And I'm going to take this photo in and say, okay, plastic surgeon, this is what I want to look like. Okay. You're 19 years old. Like let's just, let's just be realistic. So image management is a real thing. And even as leaders and pastors, like we, we want to, present ourselves in a good, healthy, godly way from the inside out, you know, but it starts with the inside. And I just want to encourage a listener today. I mean, if you're feel like you're walking through some turmoil, like take it to the Lord and let him detox those things out of your life and not even just socially, through social media platforms, but finding that root is important. And Molly, I know many of our listeners want to kick off their summer strong. They they maybe they're done with the New Year's resolution thing and they're like, hey, I had three, four months with my kids or in singleness or like getting ready for the next season, quote unquote. What is your hope for the listener today or the leader who picks up this book to read this summer? What are you hoping for they would get from it?
2: I hope that you experience a richness and relationships and connection and those life giving experiences that we were wired to enjoy, um, in a way that you haven't experienced in years. And especially, I recommend that people start the detox, you know, on a weekend, um, kind of an extended period of time where you get to actually notice where your, what your brain's like and where you're going and where your mind's going. Um, so beginning of summer is a perfect time to start a detox. Um, and something you just said, actually, it reminded me of this quote that I had I had pulled up here. Um, Sherry Turkle is one of my favorite um, MIT professor, really brilliant lady talking about technology. She said, social media can inhibit inner dialogue, shifting our focus from reflection to self-presentation. But I was thinking about that. It's wow. And it's so true because mm-hmm. we're not doing that inner work when we're so focused on projecting. Yeah. Um, and yet the, the hope isn't, or, you know, maybe it, if you want to, if you want to go off the grid and you're listening, that's totally cool. More power to you. But if that's not your end goal, if you want to enjoy, but not binge, if you want to be able to use the best parts of technology and ditch the stuff that is sucking the life out of you, mm-hmm. um, you can absolutely do that. You can put technology in its right place. And it is so much simpler than you think. When you begin with a detox, you can actually kind of self-assess um your your, um kind of relearning how to go about your day without these habits. That's the one I talk about this in the last chapter when I detoxed myself. Um most of my tech use was habitual. It was a habitual toggling and checking this out of habit, not out of actual desire.
0: Right.
2: So when you, when you change those habits, it's, it can be really transformative. So I I just, I hope, and I'm, I'm very hopeful that if you start your summer with a detox, you're going to set the tone for a new level of richness in your life that you probably haven't felt in a long time. That's
1: good. I love that hope for us today. That's available for the listener. And, um, I would just share that this thing, Molly, like this, my device, it's Mm. been, one of those journeys for me that I'm still in process Mm. on it's kind of a eat the meat, spit out the bones situation, (laughs) but there are bones. Mm. And I think that for me, I can feel it like here in my eyes, in my, in my like mind, in my brain, in my thoughts, like when I have them, maybe Mm -hmm. when my screen time is up and when it is, I, um, I'll, there's this drawer in our kitchen and like kind of some of our weekend routine mm-hmm. is and I'm just sharing this with the listener out of vulnerability or transparency to say, I'm with you mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. struggle and on the journey and trying to find mm-hmm. healthy ways to like reach people for Jesus, utilizing technology as a form of like globalization mm-hmm. and evangelism. And at the same time, mm-hmm. like I, I don't want my family to suffer or for my daughters to say like, yeah, dad was here, but he was tuned out and he was mm-hmm. tuned into his phone. So like there's this drawer in our kitchen that I'll just put it in. We start our Friday usually with a mm-hmm. pizza party. And I just feel good. Mm-hmm. I feel better. And our closest friends know that, like, hey, if you do need to get a hold of me, like Micah will have her phone because it's not a vice for her. <laughs> and so you can still get a hold of me, or if there is an emergency, like it's not like um it's I'm off the grid or something like right. that. Right. She's helped me. We'll be okay. Yeah, we'll be just fine. (laughs) I would just ask you, Molly, one more question of like, zooming out like within your home? Mm -hmm. Because in your home, there's the next generation. Yeah, And then looking to like maybe broadly with some of the work and the, the life message that you're sharing with the world. What are you dreaming about? what are you excited for? Or what are you hoping when it comes to the next generations, plural, like talking generation Z, who's in middle school, high school, and college, maybe the alpha generation that are like, maybe your younger kids or our kids, like, what are you hoping for, excited about, or dreaming for the next generations?
2: Mm, that's so good. Yeah, I'm I'm honestly very hopeful about the next generation. My oldest, I think, falls into that Gen Z category. And she's so cool. She's 12. Mm -hmm. She's going to be 13. She's just one of the coolest humans. Um, But I'm I'm really hopeful because to go back a generation, I guess, I'm a millennial. Same. And, Mm -hmm. okay, so a lot of people like to hate on millennials, but I think we're kind of awesome which I know is also a millennial thing to say, to think you're really special.
0: We um, that. <laughs> you're awesome. Right.
2: Okay. So <laughs> one of the things I love about millennials is I, I feel like, especially in parenting, we are, and, and the dads, dads are so powerful. And I think that millennial males are a little bit more like relationally aware and a little more emotionally connected. Mm-hmm. And fathers have such a critically important role in the home as leaders and to reflect the good leadership and relationship and love of a father. Um, I really am seeing that in the homes of our small group and their kids and in in my own kids with my husband leading. Um, I think that we have the capacity and the potential to reawaken, um, this like powerful relationship with each other and with God in a world that is getting darker and darker, where people are turning more and more inward and numbing out more and more and tuning up that relationship aspect where it, it's so simple. It's just so simple, you know, a walk a, um, you know, sharing a diet Coke or, you know, reading the Bible aloud together. It's so simple, but it is the answer to everything is relationship. So I really feel like with millennial parents, I think that next and millennials in ministry and even the next generation and iGen I've heard it called too yeah. in ministries, looking back, seeing we've kind of got our generation kind of has this like one foot looking back at our childhood of daisy chain necklaces and there was not the internet. Right. <laughs> and then we're looking ahead and we're like, gosh, I see where we are. I see where it's going. I don't know. And we get to kind of show, we give our kids a glimpse this way, give them a glimpse this way and be like, what do you think about this? And with that's. I think the church has a powerful
1: in hope for the future. That's so good. Wow, Molly. And uh, I just came across this from Dr. James Chung. He's with InterVarsity, kind of a collegiate ministry, working with college students. Mm-hmm. And his work, like he came across... There, there's a spiritual, his case is that there's a spiritual mm-hmm. question that it's at the heart of every generation and hearing you share your hope, um, which we believe in the next generation, by the way, we are advocates mm-hmm. for, you know, and we wanna see their, our ceiling really be their floor. We want them mm-hmm. to go further, faster. And um, I'll just share, these are four questions. Um, kind of every generation has had a gospel question or a spiritual question at the core of their generation. Dr. Chung says for boomers, it was what was, what is true. Mm. And so you saw like apologetics, like what's the truth? Absolute truth for gen X. It was what is real, Mm. like an encounter with God for gen X for millennials. Our generation Mm. shared, it's been like, what is good? And that's an amazing question. That's why you see a lot of like justice, retributive justice, Mm -hmm. like at the core of the gospel Mm -hmm. is seeing mercy, seeing, um, Dignity, good. What, like, what's good? Let's like, do good in the world and for Generation Z right now, mm-hmm. at the cusp of young adulthood. It's an artist generation, contributors, creators, especially in this technology space. And what they're asking about the gospel, about spirituality, humanity yeah. is what is beautiful. Mm-hmm. What's beautiful? Mm-hmm. And so I just wanted to share that because it's been enlightening to me about wow. how each generation you know, relates with God or engages with the gospel. And if it's all right with you, we'll put five minutes on the clock, kind of wrap up our time together today by asking you five final thoughts, rapid fire. We want to get to know you better. And for the listener as well. And so Mike, you want to kick it off?
0: Ooh, yes. Molly, are you ready?
2: I'm ready Five
0: in five. Okay. Question number one, what's something that you're working or doing on doing right now? That's a fun hobby for you.
2: I'm going to go cooking. I love cooking, love doing it with my kids or on my own. It's immediate gratification when parenting is so, (laughs) you know, you don't see the fruit of your labor in parenting for a long time. And I love when you cook, you get the recipe, you get the stuff, you put it together and boom, it's something delicious. So I love cooking.
0: Love
1: it. That's fun. I like eating, and Michael likes cooking, and I'm (laughs) I'm learning. I'm learning to rattle the pots and pans in our kitchen in our house a little bit. um, We like to ask every guest this question because it's our heart, and it's why do you believe young adult ministry and discipling the next generation is Mm. so important?
2: Mm. Well, you know, there are two things that last forever: the word of God and the souls of man. So. Mm What's more important than pouring in to people, to human people. So, um, yeah, the next generation has the, the, that's the pulse of where we are and where we're going and to be able to equip people, um, and love them with the love of God, um, and equip them to reach other people. I mean, that's the church, you know, it's loving God, loving people, so yeah, I mean that's how that's how the gospel reaches the next generation. So it's everything.
0: I love it. That's a great answer. Okay, question number 3. This is the curveball. If you could ask Josiah and myself one question today, what would you ask us?
2: Okay, I would ask you um because I'm so digital detox focused, what has been your favorite thing about your own digital detox with your kids?
0: I would, for me personally, I would say our daughter loves to read. So just seeing her come alive, like all these books, like she has this like mini library and she just goes wild and crazy over it. So it's always read, read. And she owes the sign language for more. So I think just having that true, like one-on-one time to see the excitement of her reading, like the Bible stories, reading Winnie the Pooh and just seeing her imagination run wild in a way that it's like, it's not on a screen, but we're still telling stories through books. So I think just going back to the basics, I think is probably my favorite thing. And, um, we've had dance parties. I say the second thing, um, Friday's our pizza party, Sunday, we have dance parties in our house. So we will dance to Michael Bublé and the both girls love it. Our nine month old, she's kicking and uh, just cooing and everything else. So it's been fun to like get creative and be like, this is a form of worship to the Lord and everything we do should bring him honor and glory. And so it's been fun to just get extra creative and be like, yeah, we're going to be those crazy parents running around target yelling. We on the cart as we're pushing it and like Praise making God. sure we're not going to get by a car in the parking lot. I <laughs> so love that's it. Mine.
1: That's me. I, hey, I'm a little kid at heart. And, uh, so I always do that. And I, I ask our daughter, like, who's having the most fun in this entire store. And she goes, Aurora.
0: <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> <Excited>.
1: <laughs> and, um, like a a target run can totally be fun. And my favorite part, Molly, and we have you to thank and honor for this. I I really do believe that God helped us come across this, like while our daughters are still young Mm -hmm. and while we're in a season of, and it can be stressful too, sometimes as a young family, like still learning how to parent. And I guess my favorite thing has been like going to the park Mm. getting outside because here's the thing for us in minnesota it's spring now like there's finally 50 60 70 80 degree weather and it's here to stay at the time of recording this episode and like for us it's kind of been a long winter and you know with littles when it's cold you're you're kind of like stuck to inside activities like it's not like we're hitting the ski slopes all the time but for (laughs) us um we're, we're getting like, I think it's the dawn of a new day in our state and and just in the season, like kind of endemic coming out of a pandemic, Mm -hmm. but then also too, like as our family, like we're in a new season where it's summer, we're making new memories together. And so my favorite part is like going to the park, seeing our daughter, like climb up, be brave, go down Mm. the big slide by herself. Mm. Um, and, and the little one Avalon, like she's in the the carrier and we're just cheering her on and Mm. having fun and going on a swing and making new memories. So for us, I think it's just the dawn of a new day and Mm. the start of a new season. And, um, so we're grateful. We're really grateful.
2: That's good. That's beautiful.
1: And back to you. Question four, say you're, uh, going on a summer road trip up the coast of california and what is it is it the 405
2: um probably the 101 okay the 101 101. the coast
1: yeah yep so let's say you're on the 101 and you've got the windows down and some some good music going and you're you're loading the car and you've got all your kids or maybe it's a date you know trip with your husband too what's your go-to road trip snack
2: Okay, it's funny you ask this because we last week went to the coast. It was beautiful, just south of Santa Barbara. Um, and, and we had to stop here for the best road trip snack ever, in and out. Yes. So, burgers? No, okay. Yeah. It's what so you good. What do you get? Okay. So I get a grilled cheese. That sounds weird. It's basically a cheeseburger, but there's no meat on it. So yeah. it has like all the stuff, the yummy sauce and the onions and tomatoes and lettuce and all of it. And fries, of course. So it's just that I'm like getting hungry just talking about it. It's just <laughs> the best. And I know it was funny too, because growing up in Southern California, my dad and I used to spend this, in, you know, during the summer, we would go boogie boarding in the middle of the week. And I had the stops memorized the, along the 101 in between my house. It's probably a 35 minute drive to the beach growing up. And there's like two or three exits there in and outs on the way. And so depending on how hungry my dad and I were, we'd be like, do we go to the Ventu Parkway? Or do we go to Carmen? Which, how hungry are we? We're making another five <laughs> so, miles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly it.
1: We that's love in and out That's good stuff. We don't have it in Minnesota. So when we get to the coast,
2: yep, we, we
1: Oh, yeah. It's, it's good
0: stuff. So we ask our Uber di- driver to go and then he's like, well, it's not really on the way. Like we'll get you something too. <laughs> I, don't I love to do that, that, but we did, but. Uh, and he they, can't say
2: business. no. That's
0: <laughs> All right. Here's our last and final question. If you could leave the listener with one piece of encouragement today, what would you say to them?
2: I would say a digital detox is entirely doable. It is simple and it will change your life. You don't have to be any type of person to do it. Anyone can do it. It is mind-blowingly simple and the results will be so, so worth it.
0: That's awesome. They're rewarding already for us personally. So,
1: And then Molly, we share the belief in the next generation, of course, because Mm -hmm. God loves them and we love them. And they matter a ton to him. They matter a ton to us. And I would just say, we share your hope Mm -hmm. for the listener, for the leader who's out there longing for the deep and meaningful relationships and connections. Mm -hmm. And our hope and prayer is that this conversation is one that maybe helps you evaluate what is your relationship Mm -hmm. with technology? What would it mean for you to have a healthy dose of a digital detox in Mm -hmm. your life? in your spirit, in your soul, and how can you still have an impact and use technology to reach people with the gospel and invest in the lives of young people Mm -hmm. in the next generation? And so, Molly, we just want to honor you and thank you for your time, for your writing that's impacted our marriage, our family, and today, the audience of young adults today.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
0: You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. And you can find out more about Molly DeFrank and her amazing book, Digital Detox, and take that two-week challenge, you guys. So you can do that when you connect with us at youngadults.today, as well as social media across all platforms at youngadults.today. Until next time, this is Josiah and Micah Sanina.
1: Talk soon.